Old Elk, elk Weeded, weeded bourbon. bourbon. It didn't sound great, but fuck, I remember. I remembered no, it. It's, it's okay. But you know what? It's okay. Like I'm, we should probably just resign to like not do. It's really hard to like coordinate this shit, and even like with the countdown, there's lag and fucking who knows what's going on. Yep. Button music, man. Button. Button. Who are those fellas down at the end of the bar? Those are the McGlynn boys. It's best to just let them be and listen to what they gotta say. Ask if you must, drink if you want, and disregard the rules because this, this is the tab in question. It is thursday we are here at 7 30 on the nose i believe we started damn near uh if not no eh. we, were, we were pretty close were we i mean we're, we're still within five minutes so i have to say we were within a minute or two which is yeah real that's that's on time for us i mean we've we've started saying 7 30 ish so if if there's any question about when we start you know starting before 7 40 is perfectly fine Right, right. So if you show up at 7.35, you're going to be good. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We're rolling with that. We're rolling with that. Hi, Bubba. Hi. How are you? <sighs> well, let me tell you, man. Today was uh, a hell of a day, and not in a bad way. Uh, I woke up this morning in a very good mood, and that mood, like, carried on, like, the entire day. Like, I was in a great mood all day. And then, like, come 5 o'clock, my mood didn't change. I was fucking exhausted. <laughs> I was just like, uh I was like, God, I have to go home. I was like, I'm so fucking tired. But either way, I was in a great mood today. And, you know, work went by relatively quick, for especially for, like, a 10-hour day. So it just, uh, it was just good. It was a good Thursday. And then I, and I get to wrap it up uh, here with uh, your beautiful face. Oh, shit. He said I have a beautiful face. <laughs> Blushing. <laughs> well, man, I, that's uh, that's good to hear. And uh, and you're rocking a new shirt. I have not seen the <sighs> shirt on you. It's, okay. Uh, so the only way I can describe uh, this button-up shirt, because you know how, like, chaos. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Okay, anyway. So, like, you know how, like, button-up shirts have... A particular feel like you always feel more dressed up than dressed down when you wear a button-up shirt mostly because of the material well this isn't a t-shirt material but it doesn't feel like a standard button-up shirt so it's a much more relaxed feel and it's it's softer and it's cool it's got stuff on it and it's not tight so you don't you won't see my titties so i mean it it goes. It is pretty good. I I got two of them. I I bought two. All right, we've kind of gone a couple of weeks without seeing your nipples here, guys. So I feel as though we're uh, you're, you're you're holding back on us. That or I just had them like surgically removed. That would be so fucking weird. Yeah, wasn't was there was like a show where this guy who was an alien didn't have a belly button, but he looked human. Everybody's like Kyle Kyle X Y or some fucking weird thing like that. 
And that was like the big thing. He like even like the the show cover art was him holding up his shirt and he had no belly button. <laughs> and it's like that's the big selling point is he has no fucking belly button. <laughs> but you know, it I, does not make sense. I I digress. <laughs> Well, uh, I, so I woke up this morning in uh, in the Carolinas, and uh, and now I'm back in the home studio in Boston. Um, so that's uh, that was an interesting day. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just down there doing some some army stuff. Should be my last bit of army stuff. Sweet. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. I don't know, but I man, I'm glad to be back in the studio though, because that freaking recording remote. When I have my remote studio, like. I'm good. I have no issues. My sound quality is solid. Like, even though, like, it, but I was so disheveled when I left for this trip. And normally, like, I'm, like, systematic, and I've got a list, and I'm, like, ding, 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 ding. You know, and I, I'm, like, all good to go. Man, I got to I, I, I got to where I was doing my thing, and I started unpacking my bag, and I'm, like, where the fuck is my... Oh! So <laughs> I had to make a freaking mad dash to Walmart and buy some... Dumbass, there's a podcasting microphone. It's a USB mic. Fuck it. Big no, dumb. No. That, I, was, that was. So I I may have used the Walmart rental program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used it and then I took it back and said, uh, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. No, I actually. Like, oh, okay. Bloop. <laughs> no, I was at Walmart uh, yesterday and I saw that exact mic. I was like, oh, I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> Yeah, so for uh, for those of you who have listened to uh, the previous episode to this, I'm sorry, I forgot it, but uh, this episode should be significantly better, and uh, and sound quality should be significantly higher. So uh, Monday, you'll get the taste of that. Uh, well, Monday, I mean today is the 21st of August, so Monday you'll hear that episode, right? Yeah, I don't know, doesn't fucking matter, but anyway, doesn't fucking. So, Joshua, yes. News desk? News desk. Breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. The Capitol building was evacuated. Oh. Why was the, the Capitol building evacuated, you ask? I'll tell you, because it's part of my news story. Oh, how convenient. Right? So, apparently, circling the Capitol was a low-flying aircraft. Jesus. Nobody knew... Why the aircraft was there. So, protocol was, little flying aircraft, hit the buzzer, get the building empty. They hit the buzzer, they got the building empty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Turns out that the low-flying aircraft was actually none other than the Army's parachute team, the Golden Knights, who were doing a jump into the Nationals uh, baseball stadium for the Military Appreciation Day. So, And the Capitol just didn't know? What the capital just didn't know? Uh, yeah. So, so uh, it, it was what is being called the capital parachute fiasco. Oh my god! Now, disclaimer. Uh, one of my dearest, uh, closest, most wonderful friends is a uh, a member of that organization. Uh, however, I am not a fan of that organization because I've met a lot of them. There are some amazing people on that organization. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I met a lot of them who are not amazing. That's fair. At all. Okay. Opposite of amazing. So when I see stories like this, it makes me giggle because I'm like, <laughs> assholes. Uh, but anyway, come to find out, it was actually was none of their fault. 
They did everything that they were supposed to do. The army was very quick to do a quick check on everything and said, hey, paperwork was good. All of our stuff straight. The issue was with somebody else. Turns out the issue was with the FAA. So apparently when you jump, so the airspace around the Capitol is like super protected. Thanks, 9-11. And for good reason. So getting any type of parachute operation in that confinement zone is super, super hard to do. And there's a lot of protocols to do any of that stuff. So uh, normally the FAA is pretty good about, you know, all the the parachute folks send their, their forms and all their requests and stuff. And if the FAA approves it. Then they put out the notice to the Capitol and the White House and all this stuff and say, hey, these people, this time, this aircraft, this place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a new guy at the FAA in D.C., and he just didn't let anybody know. Um, I'm what? not sure how you operate one of the most strictly controlled airspaces in the entire country and forget to tell uh, literally the heads of government. Uh, Nancy Pelosi came out and was furious. Was she going? She was like in the this? middle of her nap and had to wake up and get out of the building. I'm just kidding. I that that was not a part of the story at all. I made that up entirely. I don't believe she was napping. I don't even know if she was in the building, but she was pissed and she let him know that this type of fiasco will not be acceptable, and the FAA has questions to answer and they're going to launch something to figure out what happened. Yep. Somebody just didn't make a phone call. I don't know. I'm not a genius here, but I can guess that this somebody didn't call and say, "Oh, hey guys." Time, place, location, airplane. Ah. Oh my god! Can you imagine, like the the guy who was supposed to make that phone call is at home watching the news, and they're like, "We evacuated the Capitol building," and he's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> I damn it!" <laughs> you could see the reaction because he's like, he's like, "Man, what dumbass didn't freaking let the Capitol know that the man they would have filed that two weeks ago? That would have been fucking oh shit." I <laughs> immediately like, and right as that happens, right, you you see the realization come across the face. I bet you the phone rings. <laughs> George, don't come to work tomorrow <laughs> or next week or ever again. <laughs> Thank you. If you get if you evacuate the capital, you definitely right, lost your job. You get fired. Oh yeah. Like that, that's, that's, there's there's no grace period or like oh sorry. Nope. If if the Capitol building of, the, of an entire like country is evacuated because you neglected to make a phone call or drop a, an email a or something, memo, you've got to go. Oh God, you got to go. So oh. yeah, so the Golden Knights uh, did make the jump. The jump went very well. Apparently, it was you know great. They're a very group, talented group of uh, of demonstrators. So uh, all of that went well. Um, unfortunately, a bunch of staffers and stuff had to leave the building because they didn't know why there was a uh, why they didn't know that there was a black and gold plane that said army golden knights flying around the capital hey and i feel as though you just go out and you look up you're like army golden knights oh it'd be even better army it'd be even better if it was like a blimp or something like that with like the logo plastered on the side and everything like kind of like the goodyear blimp where you could not confuse it with anything else big ass army sticker on the side of it and they're like, what is that? What does it mean? <laughs> ISIS has blimps now. Oh, God. Here they come. I don't know. Oh, is I, God. ISIS? Are they even still a thing? I just pulled the name out of my ass. They might be. They might be. You never know. So, yeah, man. Uh, shenanigans with the, uh, with the parachute team jumping into the Nationals game. But uh, good news is the jump went off without a hitch. Well, that's good. That's good. It's always a good thing. Absolutely. Every everything else went to shit, but that was good. So, 
They evacuated the Capitol building, but the jump was good. <laughs> That's the only, They looked cool. As long as you look cool, nothing else matters, right? It's the only thing that matters. Dude, and I can only imagine, like, their ops guy was probably shitting bricks. Like, because he, I'm sure he got the phone call and was like, you fucked up, dude. You just evacuated the Capitol building. And oh, he's like, no. ah! you know, and <laughs> literally like poop. Bloop, and then <laughs> I was like, wait a sec. Like goes back, checks, double checks, triple checks the email. And then the moment like you see like everything that you were supposed to do was done and all the approvals were given and all that. You're like, <sighs> thank God. Somebody at the FAA is getting fired. Not me. <laughs> yeah. So oh, anyway. Man. Yeah. So that's it for me. Uh, that's funny. Josh. All right. Entertain me. A uh, Battle Creek, Michigan resident was just awarded a place in the Guinness Book of World Records. Dad? Yeah. Would you like to uh, take a guess at what he potentially was able to get into this this book? Most boxes of cereal eaten in one setting. No. Most cereal made in 24 hours. No. Last guess. Most cereal boxes put together in an hour. No. It just so happened to be due to a measurement. The circumference of his tongue. (laughs) Officially measured in at 4.8 inches. That is not where I thought you were going with that one. <laughs> I was about to be like, dude, stop. No, no, no. We can't do this. On this. Girth. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Around. <laughs> Think about it. So, um, uh, apparently, people have been, uh, are, according to this article, uh, it says, social media has reacted crazy to my tongue. I've posted a few videos, and each one has got millions upon millions of views. Uh, one is up to 63, and uh, multiple are over 20. So this is uh, the individual who uh, goes by the uh, last name Barnes. He uh, apparently has been bragging about his tongue, and sure enough, felt like, you know what? I think it's uh, it's time to see if this will get me anywhere. And apparently, not only does it get him... Uh, a presence on social media. It also got him into the Guinness Book of World Records. So something I have to to point out there. Well, a couple of things. First off, are we sure like he didn't get like stung by a bee or something and he just kind of, you know, used that in the moment or, you know, whatever. Like he has like a little, like he has like a, uh, fuck, what's the word? The, jeez. Oh, well, they keep bees in. Like beekeeping. A hive? Yeah. Don't they have like a fancy word? Anyway, he probably has like a beehive in his backyard and is probably like deathly allergic. So any like when they came over, he probably just grabbed one and, you know, and then, you know, blew up and, you know, and he'd be fine. However, second part, that if this is legit, he's got to be famous with the ladies. I would assume. But, I mean, (laughs) to each their own. 
<laughs> there's seven different roads that I want to go down right now, and none of them are appropriate, <laughs> and none of them are okay. So I'm gonna go. Let's let's go back to the bee thing, right? Yeah. Uh, deathly allergic to bees. He's probably dead. Um. However, uh, I've seen a reaction to like people who are allergic to like coconut and stuff, where like they eat coconut and all of a sudden they're like their tongue swells up. So. So potential there. I would say uh, an allergic reaction, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. quite the possibility. Just does you know, a little dab of like coconut rum on your tongue, like right? right? But if the dude could speak normally, his tongue might be just that large. And how do you know that you have an overly large tongue? Well, um, there happens to be an image with this article. We're not posting that in the notes. No, we're not. Um there is no way that you could not think that your tongue isn't huge. Like, it it looks like he's chewing on a piece of meat. So my my biggest question is, how do you fucking talk? Like, if that thing is taking up your entire mouth, I personally would be worried about, like, choking on it. Or, like, you know, because, like, if he is allergic to something, half the work's already done. And it, it will literally just close up everything, and you're just fucked. Hopefully, you know, you you're, you can breathe out of your nose. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, the fact that this guy is in uh, Battle Creek, we may have to track him down and interview him and be like, hey. Could we could be a guest on the show. We could. And be like, hey, we, we heard about your, your world record. We could have a Guinness world record holder on the show. We could fucking do it we could i'll uh what if he's a douche though like i feel like you're in the like for something like your tongue like he's gonna uh, yeah i got the world's biggest tongue he the world's second biggest uh (laughs) ego yeah um he he does have a bit of a douchey haircut no offense if he ever listens to this but um (laughs) yeah well there there goes that (laughs) so i mean get a haircut and then we'll talk you know, because, you know, I I can't, so. <laughs> I got a haircut. Let, let's see it. You ready? Yeah. Can you tell? No. Put put your fucking hat back on. What? I said, no, I can't tell. Put your fucking hat back on. Wait a sec. Look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. So I had him trim up the sides and the back for, you know, because my retirement ceremony is coming up. So I, I did yeah. it presentable. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. We're better now. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So, All right. Uh, I'll, put, I'll put the hair away, Josh. So you're stopping so goddamn jealous. <laughs> so congratulations, uh, Mr. Barnes, on your uh, your Guinness uh, uh, book of world record-sized tongue. That's uh, That was a first and surprising. So congratulations, sir, and I uh, I wish you the best. In your future endeavors with your tongue. And the ladies. And the ladies. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. I feel like, that, well, I, you know, that's not it's a It's not a thing? Uh, yeah, well, no, we're going to go. Hey, yeah, well, hang around for the last call. We'll talk about this in <laughs> depth the last call. Fair where enough. it's not recorded and nobody can hold this accountable uh, for anything. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, well, all right. So, uh, uh, a parachute fiasco and an overly world record sized tongue. Yeah. Sounds like an average night at the tavern. <laughs> our yeah, our our news desks are getting super fucking weird. <laughs> We're just kidding. 
But that, I need to like my next story has got to be like war or COVID or something, you know, just to get everybody super sad. Everybody's gotta, dying. Gotta gotta bring back the normal. Damn it! Fair enough. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Right, we are at the part of the show that we call Hey Bartender, and this is where we talk about what we're sipping. Now, Josh and I are uh, are sipping separately this evening, meaning we are not drinking the same thing. Uh, actually, I mean, we're drinking whiskey, but not even the same types of whiskey. Josh is sipping a mixed drink. Oh, so no, uh, I'd change my mind on that one. Okay. So you want to try? So we'll go, well, yeah, take four. And Josh... <laughs> Is sipping uh, what appears to be an Irish whiskey. I am. Yes. I am enjoying the Sexton single malt. You know, kind of the same size of that dude's tongue. So, (laughs) Uh, coolest thing about this is that it came with a conveniently same style glass to drink out of. Fucking fancy. So, that bottle looks small as shit. Is that a 750? It is, but like just for like a size reference, it's okay. So file's so, still super small. Yeah. So for those in podcast land, I just raised uh, one of uh, my Glenn Karen's to put it next to it. Uh, the Glenn Karen is almost as tall as the bottle of Sexton. It's uh, it is very short bottle. It's uh, it's pretty fat though, um, and it's it's just a cool shape and it's it's. Sturdy and like one of the best things about this. Check this out. I got this special pack that came with the whiskey and two glasses for I think thirty one dollars and some change. I re- you like your deals. Oh yeah, and I recently saw just the whiskey by itself, no glasses, for like the exact same thing. So essentially, I got two cups for free. Fuck, it's even better. Even better. But how's the whiskey? Um, so on my first taste of the evening for it, I got nothing but green apples. Like first thing, that was all yeah. I could taste. And the more I drink it, that gets a little more subtle. Um, hang on. It started to dial back in the sweetness and went more like, uh, I'm trying to think, like almost like a spiced apple. Like there's still that apple taste, but instead of it being just a sweet green apple taste, it's a just a, like a spice apple mixed drink or whatever. But it's it's very interesting, like, and that's something about whiskey that's always um, fascinated me that, you're drinking the exact same thing, but even over the course of, you know, fuck, a half hour or whatever, that taste will change. I, I think yeah. that's so cool, and it's it's pretty good for, I mean, right for on. a single malt. So. And also, like, the fact that it's had a chance to settle and chill and whatever, you know? Um, so would you say, like, uh, like pepper, like pepper, you know, like how you, like, pepper on, like, just regular 
fucking salt and shake pepper mm-hmm. shakers. You know what I mean? Would you say it's like that kind of pepper spicy or is it like cinnamon spicy? Probably more the pepper spicy. Okay. Um, more than cinnamon. Cause like when I, cause like I don't think of cinnamon as a spice because it's not, I mean, and, and it probably by all definition is, it's just when I think spice, I think of something that's going to, you know, to whatever flavor it is, you know, and, and this doesn't do it. It, so I, I would definitely see it as like a pepper kind of spice. Like it, it has a spiciness to it, you know, like a kick kick. Yeah. Gotcha. Which, so not quite jalapenos, but not like cinnamon. Yeah, definitely not cinnamon, but like, it's not like, you know, it's burning my mouth or anything like that. Hmm. So, Interesting. I think, uh, let's hear what it, what's the proof? Uh, 80 proof? 80? Really? It's hot. Light. Well, it's hot for an 80. That's kind of surprising. Uh, it comes out of uh, County Antrim over there in Ireland. Uh, also the county that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, because if, if my whiskey knowledge is serving me correctly... Uh, a single malt is, by all technical definitions, a scotch, just not made in Scotland, right? Mm. Isn't isn't that a part of the weird kind name shit? Kind of, but it's I mean it's Irish whiskey because it's made in Ireland, right? So, uh, it is, and there's a lot of single malt Irish whiskeys. Okay, um, so that just means that they use one type of malted substance right so it's uh uh and and when you get into single malts in scott like in the scotch realm Mm -hmm. it means like it came from like one distillery and it's like one batch i don't know there's a bunch it's weird when it comes to like scotch so i believe with the single malt Mm. um is it's one grain that has been malted and malted is where like they take the the seeds and they actually start growing them so the little sprouts start to like come out of the seeds, and then they stop that growth immediately. So those little sprouts have amazing enzymes in them. So so they malt them, uh, then they they cook them, and then they use that to you know then they use that to cook down uh, with sugar and those enzymes kind of help out the whole process. And uh, so any sort of malted you know whatever or a single malt like that's that's what it means. It's like it's a seed started to grow and then they stopped it suddenly and then. Those enzymes in there makes kind of a thing. So, um, but yeah. So with Irish whiskeys, I would have to see because, again, with the Scotch, it means it, like it came from like one specific distillery, and that's like one thing, and this, it has different rules. So I will I owe that information to you, and I will put it in the show notes. All right. Clarification on Irish whiskey and single malt. So if anybody in the stream has uh, that information, or Joe, if you could. Uh, Run us some some googling. Uh, that would be uh, fucking awesome. Is Joe around? Un- unfortunately, Joe uh, will not be able to make it this evening. Uh, he has uh, prior engagements, so I just wanted to. It's it. Thursday. I oh, okay. Yeah, he has a life. No, not allowed. That's that looks super dark. It it is definitely more on the darker side. See, that's nice. That's the one thing I dislike about. Like solid cups, they're cool. Like they look cool, and especially this one because they they take their their overall graphic look, not just in 
um, their logo design, but their bottle design they put into the cup. Again, super cool, but you don't get to see anything that's in it. So, like, if you, like, it is a little on the darker side. That is a, I've, I've that had is a great color. I've had darker, but it's. <laughs> of course you have. Shut up. <laughs> Jesus. But. It, Jim Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. I've had better. <laughs> <laughs> I've had better? I've had better? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, so, no, it is uh, it is tasty. It is good. I like it. And what what I like about that, because with that darker color, is that you don't see. So a lot of Irish whiskeys tend to be lighter. They tend to be that you know that that straw color, the super light golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because Irish whiskeys are a little bit thinner and not as quite as hardy as some of these like big punchy in the face bourbons and rye whiskeys that you know mm-hmm. we have over here in the states. Uh, and they're they're a little bit delicate, so it's kind of cool. Like I think uh, Redbreast, their cast strength is, and then. Uh, maybe a Jameson or two that's been like that kind of dark. So I like to see that in uh, in Irish whiskeys. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it's it's tasty. I like it. Right on. Right on. Well, uh, so I've got a double hitter here. Uh, <gasps> I am starting with the Heaven and uh, let me start that over. Uh, I am starting with Heaven Hills, uh, bottled and bond. Their seven year now. For those of you who have been around the whiskey world, you know that this bottle created a bit of a stir because the bottle, as I move my camera for those in the streamland, uh, used to look like this right here. White and green label, right? It was six years old. Mm-hmm. And you could find that bottle for about 12 bucks. So what they did is they discontinued that. Six years old. Keep that in mind, right? Uh-huh. And then... They came out with this guy about a year later, and it's seven years old, and now it's $40. Now, I'm not mad about the price increase, right? Because that was one of those like sleeper bottles that it was super hard to find because it was really great whiskey for super fucking cheap. Mm. So they simply acknowledged the fact that they had really great whiskey for really cheap, shut it off, freaking moved on, and now they're selling it for what it's worth, I think. So I'm not, I'm not mad at having help for that. So what I am at it is it's harder to find, mm-hmm. and that bugs me. That's fair. Um, because, sorry, no, that that that's whoa. You got pants on, right? <laughs> no, that's why I got to fix my camera. <laughs> okay, we're good. I'm just kidding. I am wearing pants. Hey, so fuck! I totally forgot. Where I was gonna go now. So never mind. <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. So never mind. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we talked about my lack of pants and Josh is just done. Um, so yeah, so 40 bucks, I'm not like, uh, not bothered, you know, that they did that. I, I think it's, it's worth it. It's good booze, you know, bottled and bond seven years old. It's, and it's, it's solid. I don't like the fact that it's hard to find and it's like highly sought after. So, uh, there is pressure from store owners to sell it over MSRP. Like I've seen it anywhere between like 80 and freaking and like 50 bucks. Uh, which is ridiculous. It, it is it is a solid forty dollar bottle of booze. Right. Solid forty. Um, if you can find it for thirty nine ninety nine, you'd be silly not to pick it up. It's 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 a good bottle of booze. Uh, but you know, there's some people that got a little feisty. 
<laughs> so uh, it is. Uh, it came out in October of 2019, uh, 100 proof, because it's the bottled and bond thing. It's seven years old. The mash bill, now keep in mind, Heaven Hill uses like the same mash bill for everything. Hmm. We just don't know like barrels and storage locations and that kind of stuff. So most of their stuff is the same. And that is the 78% corn, 12% malted barley, 10% rye. We talked about this not too long ago because the 10% rye, is, it's got a higher malted barley percentage than it does rye, which is kind of cool. So it does have that wonderful sweetness. Uh, and it's nowhere near as dark as yours. Maybe a little. It might be close. Yours has more red in it, for sure. That's super pretty. It is delicious. Very, very good. Um, and it has all those wonderful, like, bourbon things that we like about bourbon. The, you get a little bit of caramel, vanilla, just kind of sweet, happy place, you know? Uh, it does have a great finish where you kind of get a little, just a hint of uh, smoke, a little bit of char on the end, but not a lot, not overpowering. And then when you blow out, you just get a little bit more of that sweetness, too. So, like, brown sugar is what I'm kind of feeling on the finish as well. Nice. Which is really nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm also then uh, uh, sitting here with uh, some Old Elk. Now, these guys are a little new to the game. This is MGP, so they they source their stuff. Uh, they're out of Colorado. They have the coolest freaking topper. Look at this topper. It's like part It's like part of an elk horn. Nice. Yeah. That's so, cool. Uh, great bottle for you. This is uh, the Bourbon Enthusiast Single Barrel Selection. So uh, this is a little hotter than what you normally get. Uh, on the shelf, if you find the weeded bourbon on the shelf, it's a little the proof is up a little. So the the proof on the shelf that you'll find is ninety two. <coughs> this is this is one fourteen. This is a barrel proof. Uh, so mash bill is fifty one percent corn, forty five percent wheat, four percent malted barley. Now that the weeded bourbon makes it like that sweet stuff, and this is one of the reasons like I love bourbon. This is kind of in that that wheelhouse. Of, it's it's creamy, almost. It's like I, I use the word gooey like it, it's it's that super sweet like sticky viscous kind of oily almost feeling in your mouth uh the heat i mean it's 114 but it doesn't drink like a 114 so it's a little bit dangerous you gotta be kind of be careful with that because like you know two three in it's like oh sleepy time um <laughs> because it's 114 proof uh, but it is. It has those those beautiful notes, uh, and and MGP just makes some good juice. Like they mm -hmm. they make good stuff. People get weird because they source, but man, fuck off. Um, they good whiskey's good whiskey, whether it's under this label or that label. Who well, cares? My, uh, this is mostly just a, a general question. Then, what what's the deal against getting source juice? Like, what? Why is that? Does that seem like a a problem for folks? Because for me, because um, at least for me, good whiskey is good whiskey. It doesn't really matter where they get it. I mean, they're a business. Their their first their first thing is to make money. So if you get good juice from somewhere else and you can sell it, then you know you're fine. So my biggest question would be, okay, so then what what's against sourcing your whiskey instead of making it? I guess. Well, so. I guess the beef is is somebody else is making your stuff, right? So you're getting this raw distillate, and then you're taking it back to wherever. I think these these guys are in Denver. Excuse me, Fort Collins. They're in Fort Collins, Colorado. So you know, uh, MGP, which is in Indiana, mm -hmm. ships their shit to Colorado, where it goes into 
their barrels mm -hmm. and it ages in their rickhouse. So uh, again, a lot of a lot of the stuff it, there is there is terroir like you know flavor in in the ingredients and so when you use good ingredients and you have a good mix and you have a good distiller that knows how to make a good mix of stuff the distillate matters right but there's also a lot of environmental and age stuff and we've talked about this a lot especially like coming to from texas right um so so there's environmental factors and factors about the barrel so if let's say i don't know what El old elk uses i don't know what style of barrel they use whether they're big drums whether they're little drums whether they're four char three char two char whether they're toasted who knows who the fuck knows um, but all of those things have impact on the taste too. So, so although they're not making their own stuff, you know, that, and that's the thing is like, they're putting their name and their label and their stuff like, Oh, this is, blah, this is our, you know, whatever, but they're sourcing it. They're getting it from somewhere else. Um, and that's where people get weird is like, well, yeah, cool. Somebody else is making their whiskey for them and they're just selling it under their label. Well, sure. Um, but a lot of companies do that just to get started, just to get things rolling. Yeah. Uh, because they don't have a lot of product to put out right away, and their stuff is aging. Yeah, say because so, whiskey is very much a a time game. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to wait for it to do its thing. And like, totally. and I have I have yet to have very young whiskey that's at least to me good with without being like insanely hot, and it's mm. you know so. <sighs> Again, again, my my thing is like good whiskey is good whiskey. I, maybe I should care about who sells it and if it's sourced or not, but it's like for me, it's like I don't care if it's sourced. It's like that that literally means next to nothing for me. It's like if it's good whiskey, it's good whiskey. It's all that matters. And and if the company's transparent about it, if the company's like, hey, we source our shit, yeah, dude, I got I got zero beef, right. Like they're open about it, they're out front about it. They're like, "Hey, like, yeah, cool. Our stuff's coming. It's gonna be another two years. So in the meantime, here's some good stuff that this person's making that we're aging, right? Right. And and the nice thing about that is they can see how that whiskey ages. You know what the environment does. You know Fort Collins, high altitude. You know super cold winters, super hot summers, uh, less humidity than Kentucky. So what what impacts does you know less humidity have on on the booze itself you know mm -hmm. uh, you still get the heat of the summer you still get the cool of the winter and, and but there's with that humidity difference does it does that impact the barrel and does that impact how the distillate interacts with the barrel you know uh, who knows and man i'm telling you that this is, this is good fucking bourbon it, it's good uh whether it came from mgp or whether they made their own and i think they're i think now they are i think their normal like bourbon stuff i think is actually theirs mm -hmm. that's on the shelf now and i think it's like four years old but uh if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, but well, you'll have to shit. you'll have to save some. I'll uh, I'll have a glass of it while I'm there next week. Oh, next week! I know, right? Kind of like sprang up out of nowhere. I was like, oh shit! I'm like, that is next week, and I'm super excited because I think I only work three days next week. I hope, considering you're flying out on Thursday. No, yeah. Wednesday. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of a, a different bit of vacation that I, I anyway, fuck it, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm flying out Thursday. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> well, so we'll we'll see you at the airport on Thursday morning. Yep. <laughs> well, like, if you're not working, just, oh fuck, no, this uh, like, I get out of work at six, I have to uh, come home get 
uh, the kids and the dogs over to the in-laws' house because they said they would take them while we're while we're away. And so I'm like, cool. So we got to rush to Battle Creek, drop all them off, come home, and then our flight leaves uh, 5.30 the next morning. And it's just it's like, fuck. <laughs> but see, I am glad, though, I don't have to drive to Detroit. Not that it's terribly far. I'd rather not drive. <laughs> I've made that drive a few times, and it it's not terrible, right? It, but it's if you don't have to make a two hour drive, you'd rather not, right? And like the funny part is, like the the flight is just under an hour, and then I have a hour layover in Detroit, so essentially it it evens out to that that two hour drive, which cracks me up. But it's like, guess what? I still don't have to drive it, so that works. Uh, so that's, that's exciting. And then it's a relatively floor, uh, short flight from Detroit to, to Boston. So I'm to like, Boston. fuck yeah. Well, I'll be sitting out there in the car with your fucking donkeys. Who? Donkeys? Dunkin', I don't know. What Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Get some, get some donkeys coffee. Sweet. And go have a bagel in the yard or something. <laughs> now you're, I don't know. Now you're I don't just know saying words. <laughs> Oh, I'm super stoked to see you, man. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It'll be fun. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so I will definitely say this. I have a whole bunch uh, left. So, Good deal. And you can taste all of the things. Woo-hoo. I have to be sober at least a little bit. Says who? A little bit. Fair. Because traveling hungover sounds awful. Yeah, but you don't have to work. Like you just you, all you gotta do is get on the plane, then you sleep, and then you wake up, you get off the plane, you get on the next plane, you sleep, and you get up, and you're like, okay, cool. That's fair. All right, that's gonna do it for us here. <laughs> hey, bartender, uh, why don't y'all recharge your glasses, take a break, stretch a little bit, and uh, meet us back right here at the bar for <clears throat> the aptly named at the bar. See you in a bit. So here we are for our third segment, which we lovingly call At The Bar. Now, for those of you who are on the stream, you're like, dude, that's like a 30-second break, right? But for those of you in podcast land, we put that music in there so you can, like, pause it and, like, wait so you know that there's a break and then you can go do your thing. So for those of you who are watching the stream, tough shit, you get 27 seconds. Uh, So hopefully you did all that in 27 seconds the rest of you, you can pause and uh, and go on from there. Streamers, you can leave whenever you feel. I, it's, it's fine. So tonight, uh, Josh and I were... Uh, stop laughing at me, Josh. I'm fragile. <laughs> so tonight, Josh and I looked at our show notes and uh, our schedule, and we had another blank space, uh, very similar to uh, Taylor Swift, right? Uh, but unfortunately, our blank space was filled quickly. Joshua, what did we fill our blank space with? We are going to talk a little more philosophy. Dun, 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 dun. So we talked philosophy in season one. I believe so, yes. Yep. Okay. Which which took us down like some, some odd roads, and then even there was a there was an episode later on that we got talking that we got talking under a 
set of principles or just kind of an ideal. And we're like, oh, shit, this is almost another philosophy discussion just because of, of the direction of the conversation. So I thought, hey, you know, another uh, philosophy chat would be interesting. All right. So where do you want to go with it? Well, and okay, well, maybe philosophy is wrong. Anyways, so I've been – I asked this question to uh, my my children, and I even had the, a conversation with my wife. Um, and, and I guess, okay, maybe this isn't philosophy. But, like, just – it's more of just odd thinking. Running on the premise that uh, God is real and, you know, creation and all that stuff – what would be the point? No, hear me out. Hear me out. What would be the point of creating a universe as large as ours and we are the only intelligent life in it? So one of the questions I asked uh, my wife and my kids, I was like, okay. So I was like, what would you do? If there was 100% proof that there was alien life that existed out in the universe. And, and of course, um, my wife and I uh, got talking about it um, on a slightly more, if you want to use this term, religious thought. And I asked her, you know, what would be, would there be an impact on what you believe spiritually or religiously if... 100% aliens proved to be real. And and that kind of led us down a particular discussion. And then I got thinking about, okay, so let's just think with, uh, with what science has told us about the size of our universe. It is almost unfathomably big. It is very big. <laughs> Even if you... Douglas, Ad- Douglas Adams said, uh, to quote, space is big <laughs> end quote yes so it it very much seems uh, very self-centered to think that we are the only intelligent life because it's like okay so you think that so let's let's say okay if evolution is a thing if life can happen here we have to imagine with the size of our universe that there is a planet with similar ability to create life under the same circumstances. We know, I think it's like, uh, fucking Joe. Where's Joe when we need him? I think there's like eight or nine that exist uh, that are Earth-like or that could, that have uh, similar atmospheric conditions than Earth does. Mm. There's a number of them. Right. And one of them's like massive. One of them's like, Jupiter size. It's fucking huge. So fucking crazy. Man. So maybe instead of philosophy, we should just be talking space. <laughs> but but the, no no no, because the question isn't space. Right. Right? The question is is unique life. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know if this is a philosophy thing as more if it's like a, a Christianity creation principle thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and I've had this conversation with dad. Uh, you know, what does this do to your faith if all of a sudden aliens show up, right? They're that guess what? They made it to us. Yeah. So they're way fucking smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. Right? So there ain't nothing close to us. 
So they learned how to fucking use like wormholes or light travel or whatever that shit is. You know what I mean? Like they figured out the freaking punch it chewy stuff, right? <laughs> nice. They, they figured it out. Yeah. Um. And 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 a couple of things come to mind that bother me. There. Number one, um, they're smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. Right. So either they're uniquely intelligent, or they've been around a long time, and we're babies. Mm-hmm. Right. So they show up. Um, are they friendly? Right. Hopefully they're benign. Would think they're benign, right? We shoot out signals and satellites and all that shit. So maybe they're like, what the fuck is going on with this planet over here? Let's, hey, Bob, hop over there and see what Earth is doing. Like, we're getting like Madonna. Why are they sending us Madonna from 87? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're kind of laughing at us, right? Right. And so, so Bob rolls over in his little car, right? Which is this giant spaceship. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, and they show up with benign interest. Uh, and what do we do? We freak out. Yeah. Try what to do we and so what do we do? We respond with missiles. Yeah. Right. Big dumb. Um, Which uh, why are we going to attack? But but anyway, like, but there's there's like the, the that's the physical part of it, right? Right. So what happens to the faith belief system? Ugh. Where because we have been conditioned, like you are you are made in the in the image of God. Right. You are uniquely and beautifully created, and that can still be true. Every human can be uniquely and beautifully created, and I believe they are, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of of your faith belief system, um, but the whole created in the image of God. If aliens show up and they're like, uh, "Did God make them too?" or did they crawl out of a pond seventeen million years ago and now they're space traveling life forms? Mm-hmm. Something you that know? I had brought up uh, with my wife was. Just because it only talks about creation here, just because it doesn't involve talk of creation elsewhere, doesn't mean it didn't happen. If we're running off the basis of a of a, uh, a creation ideology, but then everybody's like, "Well, just because it doesn't say that it is doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that it did happen or whatever. And it's like, okay, but just equally the opposite. You can't prove that it didn't happen. You can't prove that th- th- this isn't a thing. And it's like, you know, um, uh, fuck. I'm trying to think of, Oh, uh, Jurassic park. Um, uh, was a uh, life finds a way, you know, <laughs> Just yeah. that that line where it's like, okay, so if if evolution is a thing, obviously I would say that there would be life everywhere. Because just because our organic makeup and just what makes us who we are it was uh, specifically unique to our planet doesn't mean that life couldn't find a way on a different type of a planet where they would be developed differently. And it's just, it, it blows me away to think that people are so dead set, excuse me, on we're the only ones. That seems so close-minded and so simple. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is our universe so big and still expanding that we think we are the only intelligent life. It's like, really? No, no. <laughs> I I highly doubt the universe works like that. 
and you hit the nail on the head earlier when you're like, that's a very self-centered uh, mentality to take. Like that's that's incredibly uh, egotistical of us to believe that we are it, right? In in something of this size and this nature, and and we we haven't explored shit, mm. right? Uh, partly because we don't know how to travel through this this that we don't know how to travel through space yet. Right? We don't know. I mean, going to Mars would be a freaking what ten year mission, and Mars is next door. Well, well, let's think about Can it. Can you imagine a- like light years away? Jesus Christ. Well, let's think about it in a simpler term. We have oceans on the planet we live on that we haven't fully explored. Places on the earth we live in have not been explored. Who the fuck knows what's down there? Like, like essentially, I would not be surprised if some ancient species of dinosaur was still kicking it at the bottom of the ocean because that fuck, that's just where they live. And the fact that they're so far away from anything that can do anything to them that they have just survived and carried on. And uh, there was uh, – oh, shit, now I wish I had the details in front of me. There was some kind of – they I think they wrote it off as a giant octopus and like an oil rig. And But the one thing about it is that the body was – shaped slightly different and the legs are the tentacles whatever you want to call them were like I'm okay this is an exaggerated number because I don't know the number like hundreds of feet long like insane like insanely big but again if you have a creature that can go to untold depths of the sea and not bother with the likes of humankind, who fucking knows how big these things can get? Or even species in our own, you know, our own planet that we have yet to discover and and figure out. Because, like, uh, it, it seems like we're still finding new creatures that just have evaded us until now. And it's just like, holy fuck. But then again, we think, okay, like 100 years ago, uh, we were barely just getting off the ground in an airplane. And and here we are giving ourselves a hard time about not looking into the oceans. And it's just like, okay, we we just got off the ground. <laughs> so now you want right. to go further into the ocean? Nope. <laughs> we want to go up, not down. Yeah, and that's – exploration of the ocean is always kind of weird to me. Um you know, because there always seems to be like this, this intrepidation and fear. And what's weird is that, you know, water depth and pressure, right? Pressure increases as you go down in water. So uh, a space is the opposite. So, you know, you just kind of float away into nothingness. Uh, so there's, a, so it's different, you know, uh, finding something or making some sort of substance or, or structure that can survive that crazy amount of pressure to get down that deep. So it, but that kind of goes into the whole thing where if you're thinking about these life forms, if they, these life forms exist down there, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're of they're of some substance that allows them to survive in that crazy amount of pressure. And the ocean's so big that these creatures could come up. Let's say they eat once a month, mm-hmm. right? Once a month, one day a month, they pop up, they grab a shark. Uh, a what? I wanted to say shark and whale at the same time, and it a just didn't shark? come out right. Um, so they come up, they grab a whale, they munch on the whale as a snack, and then they go back down to the ocean. Nobody's going to fucking know. Right. 
unless one person happens to be in that one spot at that particular time in the ocean. But, you know, the whale could be 40 feet in the water, you know, and you're never going to see it. You're not going to know what happens underneath you. And that's the kind of, that's the scary part about the ocean is that like you just crazy shit happens below you and you don't know what the fuck is going on down there. Like that's, uh, when it comes to the ocean, I always want to be able to see the bottom. Like we went out, we were in Key West one time, we were, we were swimming, I think it was like 60 feet deep. And I, I was freaked the fuck out because like if I swam down 20 feet, I could see the bottom. I'm like, okay, we're cool. But that first 20 feet going down before you could see the bottom was not okay. And I was like, ah, it's it's so scary. Um, (laughs) so see, but like, so I'm, I'm with you, but life, that type of life coming up out of the ocean, I think would have a far less impact on humans. Really? Right. And, and religious based humans um, as some other species from space showing up because we know that there were dinosaurs. Right. We know that there were these phenomenal creatures that existed before we did. Mm-hmm. Like we have the fossil evidence to show that these things existed. So the fact that a dinosaur uh, survived over a period of time because it hid in the deepest part of the ocean would be easier for people to comprehend in their brain than some form of intelligent life showing up from outer space from an entirely different planet, a different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the existential freaking uh, conflict that happens with, when that happens, like, you know, because now we're not uniquely created, right? We're not the only thing in the, in, in space. We're not it, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a whole faith belief structure that gets challenged, Right. Right. I'm not saying it crumbles and crushes. Right. Because then dad was like, well, faith is this and this and this. I got that. Like, cool. Um, but I think there would be a lot of people who, when faced with their that belief system, that belief system gets challenged in a very hard way that it maybe kind of falls apart a little bit, which is also equally scary because all of a sudden you have this giant population of people who lose everything that they've believed in, like spiritually. That's a little scary. Like, what happens next? The see, but you then, know? but then, my question to them would be like, okay, then, what was your belief really based in that this completely alters it? Um, uh, a friend of mine had asked me a similar question a long time ago. Uh, he had said, you know, what, you know, for the things you believe in, he's like, what, what would that do to it? I was like, nothing. I'm like that just because there was no mention of these things being made or what what would happen or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. That doesn't mean that it it isn't a thing. Like, um, specifically towards, like, what is mentioned in the Bible. Because especially with Christianity, like, that is, that is it. That, that's it. <laughs> and And the thing is, what? High five? Okay. No? Um, who wrote the Bible? People. Dudes. Yeah. So just because this is the stuff that was mentioned or recorded or whatever, just because these other things, and it's also, you know, humans. If alien life was made on another planet, clearly the dudes who wrote the Bible wouldn't know about it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, then it's like, oh, well, there would have been divine inf- intervention. And it's like, no, because guess what? God didn't put us on the earth to police us <laughs> because then what would be the point? 
There would be no point. <laughs> it's like, you know, he put us there for us to do our thing. And we're doing our thing. And it, I don't know. Because as soon as you do, like, at least for the conversations I have, as soon as you start talking aliens and the potential for aliens, almost always the the discussion of religion comes up. And it's like, okay, so so does that mean if aliens are real, God isn't real? And it's like, okay, why why is it one extreme or the other? Why is, does it be if the existence of one automatically disproves the other? It's like, why is that a thing? Because of how the dudes wrote it. Ugh. Right? It's it, and that's that's what it is. It, and and there's a lot of people that who and I'm not trying to offend anybody here, but like, you know, the Bible is the 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 word of God, you know, inspired by, you know, written by man, inspired by I forget what the the right the quiz answer is. Um, you know, like what is the Bible, right? Right. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it was written by dudes, uh, and then it was interpreted time and time and time and time and time again. Right. Right. The game of telephone fucking applies here, right? And I'm saying fucking with the Bible, right? So let's just not let's not stress about that, right? Yeah, um. Yeah. So so we have this line, you know, uh, Moses supposes his toes are roses, right? After 19 different people, that comes out as Joshua's bald and wears cool shirts, right? That's how drastic that changes. So when it comes to the Bible and, and the belief system that is there, and, and I'd love mm. to have dad here to kind of defend this um, yeah. because he could do it. I'm sure he could do it justice uh, to me. Right. I have this, just this feeling that, okay, cool. Like there's, there's good principles in there to live by, mm-hmm. right. There's good human shit, right. There's also some really kind of shitty human shit that maybe we should think about, um, you know, uh, but we're not down that road right now. Um, so, so it's how they wrote, you know, these dudes wrote the Bible mm-hmm. and said, we have to be unique. Like we are this thing and, and God did this, this, you know, uh, Jesus, let's talk about Jesus for a second. So there's intelligent life out there. Let's say these aliens show up on earth. Did Jesus die for their sins too? Or just humans? Mm. And if he, if God gave his son to just humans, why are we so special? We can't travel through space. Those guys are pretty special because they made it here. Right. right, we we can't even get to like the moon again. Right, I mean, we can't. We just don't have the money. But like, it's it, we have the science, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the execution. Um, but like that—that's where the challenge is. So you have this salvation by faith and all this other, the, you know, this the stuff that Jesus did. Right, um, aliens show up. God really gave His one and only Son for us humans when there's a whole bunch of other life in this gigantic space that God created, mm. you know, it, that leads to the question though, <laughs> maybe these other beings are nowhere near as fucked up as we are. And we needed Jesus. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think of that. <laughs> you motherfuckers need Jesus. Right. <laughs> like God's up there scratching his head, looking at it like, like he's got the aliens and planet B going, yeah, they're good. And it's uh, aliens on planet Z. Like, yeah, they're good. But he looks at earth and he's like, Whoa, what the fuck what, are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, Hey son, I need you to go down there and, this is going to kind of suck for you, but you got some work to do. <sighs> Dad, I told you not to make that planet. I told you it's the wrong place. Well, especially like um, figuring out like where Earth is in, in the idea of our universe. 
essentially we're on like the universe's like butt crack and like just kind of like and the far edge so it's like so we're almost like the redheaded stepchild that the universe doesn't talk about so like so what if what if the rest of the universe is like a booming universal metropolis that all kinds of societies have evolved and become insanely technologically advanced and are doing life way better than we are. And and here on the far edge of the universe, you have tiny little blue dot, you know, worried about what Russia is going to do in the Ukraine. It, and, you know, it's just, it, it makes the scope of stuff like that. Yes, I understand that people in the Ukraine are are actively dying and Russia is terrible. Okay, I understand that. So so get rid of your cancel culture and all that bullshit. Don't at him. Right, don't at me. I won't answer. <laughs> so we could simply be missing this insanely profound universal movement but we're too worried about what our pronouns should be. That's a problem. <laughs> and, and, of course, on the flip side of that, there could be nothing going on. We literally could be the only life in the universe. Now, if that is the case, we still have an entire universe to explore. <laughs> Why are we worried about this? We should be worried about this. It should not take us 10 fucking years to get to Mars. That's that's next door. If we want to get there, it should be easier. We should not be fighting about how we identify. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I I can't even focus on anything, but it's it, there's there's so much more to I think the life experience than these finite details that we try to make very big deals, which I don't believe they are. That's again, that's just me. Um, but fuck if if some intelligent life out there hears this podcast, uh, we want to talk to you. You know, that would be a a great conversation. Uh, if you have a translator, that would be even better. You know, because you know we'd like to be able to understand each other, but bro, if they figured out how to travel through like light speed, like and like, they, I'm sure they have the ability to communicate with us. It'd be hilarious if they like show up and they speak like fluent French, but like that's it. <laughs> It'd be like, what? Wee wee poo poo. Shit. God. Who who knew the French had it all figured out? All. <laughs> right. Damn it! Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. No. I, what's funny to think is also a possibility, right? So, if there is this interstellar society, as you mentioned, um, and we are the redheaded, like the redheaded stepchild of, right. of all of this space society, right? Um, these comets that we see come passing by, like our 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 interstellar, like ships that are like coming by and then they're like, Hey, let's go see what earth's got. No, nope. No. We go. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> dad, take us, another, take us around the block again. We're not stopping. You know, they're, they're roll, still working on freaking <laughs> bullshit. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but like, and and everything else you said about our focus, I, I'm with you. And, and that's part of the problem too, because those types of focuses are, although they could be the world to the individual, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, pronouns, uh, gender identification, all those things could be, they could be the world to that person. Um, are we looking at stuff that small? Mm. Should we be looking at it bigger? And, and that's where I, I get super frustrated because like, here we are, we're, we're arguing about, you know, things that don't seem to matter. They don't matter to me. Let mm-hmm. me put it that way. Um, and it's not that they don't matter to me. It's just that I, I see a, a grander scale of things. Um, I, I think about, uh, militarily, right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the U S was to be invaded, mm. are the bad guys going to care about what bathroom we use? No, yeah. they're not going to care, you know? Um, and, and so, but even that is super small, right? That's this, this little like, like globe thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're just looking at this little, this little globe issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it, it's hard because, you know, you want to be like, you know, stop, stop being so small. Um, you know, and without knowing for sure whether or not there is a space society or not, um, you know, we know that there is a society here on Earth, mm-hmm. right? So maybe we can't worry about space just yet. Maybe, maybe we can worry about each other. Maybe yeah. we can worry about the society, like the planet that we have here, and we can worry about, you know, uh, Russia being assholes and doing their thing, right? Um, and the Ukrainians putting up a freaking a solid freaking fight against uh, against these dudes. It's supposed to take three days. And here we are, eight weeks later, and Ukraine, Ukraine's still freaking putting up a fight. That go get them, go get them, boys. Keep keep it up, and girls. There's you know, um, some some cool stuff. Um, but but I digress. You know, <laughs> again, it, it, small small picture. You know, big potatoes. Where where are the big potatoes? Um, and and to kind of get back to the whole faith belief system, I think if aliens show up, there's a whole there's a whole faith structure that gets rocked. Because it just adds more questions, mm-hmm. and and we won't have answers because because of the the religious philosophical you know uh, explanations, and and people science seems to be subjective these days. Um, it it does. Yeah, it seems to be subjective, which is crazy because science isn't science is facts. Like these are like these are real, and and you and I have had COVID conversations plenty. So we're not going to go down that road again, but like, <laughs> like there's there's fucking quantifiable shit um, w- when it comes to science. And science is definitive; it's not subjective. <sighs> but and I totally derailed myself. I have no fucking clue where I'm going with any of this. That's okay. Uh, but like, when it comes to things of like spiritual nature, mm-hmm. right? You know, faith is the belief in things unseen. Well. What happens when your faith is completely flipped on its ass? Right. Aliens show up. We are no longer the unique creatures in the galaxy. And we're we're not on the top of the food chain anymore. We are not as badass as we think we are. Right. See, living on a planet to know the things that exist on our planet, I think it is... 
again, short-sighted to think that nothing else like that, like even if it's not intelligent life, let's just say it's just um, uh, spatial creatures or animals, if you even want to use use that term. Think of think of some of the crazy fucking shit that exists on this planet. They look fucking otherworldly, like a starfish. Are you kidding me? Have you seen those fuckers? Those there's no reason something like that should exist. There there just isn't. So and that's on the simple side of things. You go deeper into the ocean, it gets really fucking crazy. Like t- like luminescent, yeah, and transparent, yeah, like things of nightmares. So. So the fact that there are things on our own planet that should completely rock your world because they exist, why are we so against life outside of our own planet? Hmm. Because, again, I, I feel like I'm just, you know, repeating myself over and over. It's just... It it seems so almost selfish. We want to be the center of the universe. We want to be the unique life. And it's like, okay, no offense, but we're not unique as individuals. Because chances are there's some motherfucker on the other side of the world who is basically your twin. You know, you just haven't met them yet. And it's like so, so, and you, and you. Some people think, oh, well, I'm unique because I like this, this, and that. It's like, guess what? There's probably a whole bunch of people who like the exact same fucking thing, and they probably like it even more. So, so again, and like, and I hate, you know, I hate the feeling of taking people's uniqueness away from them. And it's like, you know, you you are what you are, but in the grand scheme of things, no, we're not unique. We're or blood and guts held together <laughs> with fucking skin and sometimes not even held together that well. Shit. And just <laughs> some of us fall apart a lot easier than others. <laughs> it just and and maybe it's more of a uh a dream of mine of thinking like, man, if life exists off of this planet I've always thought that to be super cool. Like, just the idea of it. It's like, that could be cool. Granted, in movies, life that visits here is always um, bad. (laughs) It never ends well. And it only attacks America. What the fuck? (laughs) Because America is way extra. (laughs) We, We overdo everything. But, again, it's just... Man... I don't know. You get talking about space and like everything just gets turned upside down. Because I think it's because we can't just explore space. Essentially, if if we want to send, well, like they talked about Mars, like sending people to Mars. It's like, hey, guess what? Chances are if you are going to be one of the first colonists on Mars, it's a one-way ticket. You ain't coming back. For sure. For sure. And it's like, or you're going to spend 20 years on a round trip. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no thanks. So, again, we just need to get there quicker. We just need to find a way to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure Elon Musk, you know, has, you know, a hidden ace up his sleeve, and he, he's probably figuring it out at some point. 
But he's even said he's like, you know, is who whenever we do get there and when we do get there, it's gonna suck. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, we have, you know, sandstorms, you got this, you got people, you know, you're working constantly to sustain life and you know, it's not like a pleasure cruise. You're not going there for a good time. You know, and it's it it's but but that idea that there is a planet that to an extent we could build life on that isn't earth blows my mind well didn't mars i i'm pretty sure i'm remembering this correctly like they had mars had life on it at some point in time and then I, there was a some sort of change so if if that's the case like you know, it's just the natural course of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there's a there was a great podcast episode on Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda. Uh, I think he was was he I think he was talking about a NASA. He was talking with a NASA guy who was doing like the Mars project, and said uh, if and when they go to colonize, there are these vents um, uh, in the surface of Mars that have like steam whatever coming up out of them, and they would build the colonies inside those vents because it's the only place that's going to keep people warm enough to survive. Mm. Um, and then, and then also provide, you know, uh, the environment in which to grow things and sustain life is inside these vents, which, you know, uh, and maybe we're spoiled, you know, we look at our existence here and we can like go up and walk around and it's not, you know, it's super easy, you know, um, you know, if the alternative is ceasing to be, Right, you no longer exist, or you have to work really hard to just stay alive. You know, what do you what do you do? What's the trade off? You know, are you really are you willing to work, you know, really hard to stay alive? And you know, I interesting trade offs there, and how that all that all works. And if I can find that episode, I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Don't hold me to that, but I'll give it a shot. So, uh, but yeah, it, it interesting thoughts um, about space and how that impacts, you know, how we we think and feel, and. You know, the, the, the funny thing I, with philosophy, and I, I took uh, a philosophy and an ethics class with the same professor, and I'm punching him right in the fucking face. Um, I don't do philosophy very well because I'm like, huh, like, here's this, and like, this is the right answer. And he's like, well, and he's like, yes, the, you got the, <laughs> that, that's what it was. Uh, you answered the question correctly, but how you got to the answer was wrong. So therefore, zero points. Like, what the fuck? Like, philosophy is what? trying to get to the answer. Right. right, so you just get the answer, right? You're still wrong. How did you get there? Like, it's getting there the right way. And does this exist? And does that exist? And like, you know, uh, another great one. And I think we've talked about this before. Is like, you know, going back to the whole religion thing is like free will. Mm-hmm. Do we really have free will? Mm. And I'm almost positive we talked about this at length. Yeah. But uh, but but that there's there's another question. You know, if if we are all predestined, if our if our destiny is freaking written in the stars. What we do today doesn't fucking matter. Well, that's disappointing. Right. Nothing we do matters because we're we're going to end here at this location. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that. I don't. Right. I, and I and and when it comes to like like religion and faith, I don't believe in a god that would do that. Like, here's your path. Period. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if if we did have the ability if we did have free will and we had the ability to freaking 
to to choose our own adventure. You know what I mean? It looks like it looks like those old school books. You know, do you want to go down the cave? Turn to page eighty seven. Do you want to go back home to your mom? Turn to page freaking ninety two. Mm-hmm. You know, and we get the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how our life branches and how our life moves after we make those choices. You know, there's there's that, but the choice is ours. And maybe, you know, God is all-knowing, right? So so he knows every possible path that our life could take. Every crossroad that we come to, and we come to a million crossroads a day. Mm-hmm. We wake up, what shirt are you going to wear today? Does that does the shirt color affect freaking what you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, uh, one of the, I think of, uh, uh, shit, what was the movie? Will Smith with the aliens, uh, Men in Black. I think it was Men in Black 3 where they go back in time and they've got to catch the 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 dude for before he like does. anyway um but they meet this guy who sees all of the possibilities uh and and he has all of the visions of like all of the the like if uh if you know uh, agent J tips the waitress with a 20 the earth doesn't get blown up by a meteor. You know what I mean? Like there's all these multiple realities and all these decisions that happen all the time. And, and, and I, I, not that I think that it's that extreme, but I think for our own lives, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You wake up in the morning, which shirt do you, do you grab the whiskey help shirt? Or do you grab the, you know, the white black button up that's like super squishy and soft. And how does that impact the rest of your day? Mm-hmm. Right. And how does that, how does that change the course of events for you? And and how benign decisions impact things in gigantic ways that we'll never know. We'll never know that if we stop to tie our shoe, that literally saved 27 people's lives. Because if you didn't stop then, you would have stopped later and the, some bus would have had to swerve around you as you freaking bent over to tie your shoe and then killed everybody, right? Mm. Um, and so... And now we're getting into that like Marvel multiverse kind of bullshit, right? <laughs> There's all this kind of crazy shit that's going on, right? Um, but but I believe when it comes to like religion and faith and, and God and that kind of thing, I think that that's it, I don't I don't think predestination is a thing mm. because that would completely eliminate the ability for us to choose. Yeah, you know I think God can know all of the paths that we have at at we have God knows all the paths that we have the potential to take. Mm-hmm but he allows us to pick and choose those paths as we see fit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're bad. Like that's one of my favorite sayings is, you know, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is you're dumb and you make bad decisions. Right. <laughs> um, so, but like that's, and I think that's how, that's how God operates. Right. What say you squishy Bubba? All I can say for certain is that life is too short to worry about the stuff that people are choosing to worry about. And I agree. And, and, and a part of that is, is included with, with the, the crowd around religion, you know, mostly like organized religion and, and institutions and everything. And it just, uh, uh, the plot was lost at some point with that. And, in the stories of Jesus, what's the one place that Jesus goes and destroys? Yeah, it's he, not the den of sin, right? He he goes to the church, mm-hmm. right? He goes to the temple. 
and he sees that they're freaking they're fucking up in the tunnel. And what does he do? He starts flipping tables and kicking shit over. Like mm-hmm. you're you're wrecking the house. Like you're you're destroying everything. Yeah. Right? He doesn't go to the brothel and start beating the hookers. You know what I mean? <laughs> he goes to the church and starts beating up the freaking people in the church. Yeah. Um and I'm like I, I kind of feel like as though that story is lost at a whole lot of people. <laughs> um, you know? Um Well, because I and, think- and I've got and let me disclose, I've got beef with with certain aspects of, of organized religion. Um so so there is some bias there, right? I gotta acknowledge my own bias. Um and I know that not every organized religion is like that, and I know that every not every church is the same and not every Christian faith is the same. I know, I get it. I, I I do. Um I just have a little bit of a bias, so fuck off. I'm keeping it. Um so uh but that's you know, that's one of those stories where like when it comes to like organized religion, right? Uh and I, I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago where you know, we were talking about salvation. So, uh, I, let's say, for instance, I live a damn near perfect life as a human. I'm good to people. I take care of people. I'm sincere, genuine, loving. I'm all these things. I'm not bad to a soul, right? I am as close to Jesus as they come. But I never accept salvation right i never never do the 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 prayer of salvation right Mm. i'm going to hell adolf hitler for instance if he were to confess his sins have a repentant heart take jesus as his lord and savior and then put a bullet in his head he's going to heaven yeah but see but then the Christian faith has this thing with suicide where mm, well, it's it, gray area. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So let's take suicide. Let's say, let's say the, let's say that U S troops actually make it to the bunker. Mm-hmm. Right. And they go in and they kill him. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. doesn't kill himself. Right. Uh, yeah. According to. Right. right. I, who have lived a, a damn near perfect life. am going to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. But Hitler's going to heaven. I, and and that's where I was like, no, there there is a fundamental fucking break somewhere in in the in the structure here where that happens, and that's kind of where like I I chose to take a couple steps back because like uh, I'm not okay with that. If that if that is the belief, then that's not a belief that I want to be a part of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just isn't, you know. Uh, good humans doing good human things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all human, so we're all fallible, right? We all make mistakes. We all fuck up. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Every single person does. The only perfect person was Jesus, according to the stories, right? So everybody else, we we done fucked up. A hey, Aaron. So, hey, so we're like, we're all on the same. We're all on the same level, kind of. Except for Hitler, he's he's a bad guy. He should go to hell forever. If there were two hells, he should go to both of them. Because he's a piece of shit. Him and Andrew Jackson. Fuck Andrew Jackson. For sure. Hmm. Hmm. It's ended up being a much more uh, religious focus. Right? (laughs) Episode than freaking. 
philosophy. <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy. Well, we started with aliens. I mean, it makes sense. Ah, uh, man. Hmm. It that's that's the weird thing with with all this that it there are so many roads that all these ideals and concepts can take you down. And I think we as humans have been conditioned to 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 fight off the conversations that in any way could make us question what we have chosen to believe in or what we've been told to believe in. And and again, you know, going back to aliens, I think that is, even though it seems silly, I think is a very solid point where it could very easily alter somebody's whole worldview or life view. Even even just the, the conversation of, you know, the question of, hey, if aliens showed up tomorrow, what would that do for your belief system or whatever? You know, and if, you know, people could probably give you that very, you know, textbook answer, like, oh, you know, it wouldn't do anything. And it's like, okay, no, really. It's like, genuinely meet me halfway here. What would it do? And and if they were to truly look at their lives and be like, okay, well, honestly, it would make me rethink some things. It's like, okay. So just because you don't have proof that aliens aren't real, why are you not going to question these things now? Because then if aliens showed up, you wouldn't have anything to question. And then you could be part of a a bigger movement of accepting otherworldly uh, visitors, which that seems like an incredible opportunity. But there's some hypocrisy potential there. Mm -hmm. If they believe in a God and his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all these things, Mm -hmm. they've never seen, they've never touched, it's all spiritual mm-hmm. right they've never seen they've never touched they've never done anything with aliens either mm-hmm. but they don't believe in aliens kind of like mm, hang on mm-hmm. so there's this dude his son and this other weird ghost thing that hangs out up in space right and then at one point in time the big guy looked at the son and said hey go down and freaking save these people because they're fucking up um you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's like it, it's it's a movie, right? It's a story that like we do. You believe that? Like it's mm, this is interesting. I don't know if I believe that or not. And but you, you're gonna believe that, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna believe that there's anything in space, right? And that's where like we see why why certain aspects of our society is fucked because. You know, um, you have this crazy belief in this spiritual item, right? In this little structure, this little bubble that exists over here. Um, So that open-mindedness that you have for this bubble, why don't you have it for this bubble? You know, Um, so you're, so you're not. And, and 
like for the people who are open minded about their faith, and that's that's great. I I applaud that. Um, just be open minded about everything else too. Approach everything with the potential that you know what I mean. Um, uh, Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. You know, uh, assumes everybody you meet knows something that you don't, right? Or, or knows more than you do, right? Right. That, that's one of the and and it, it fascinating like thought. You know, we go into those conversations with the assumption that they know something more than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can tell you right now with Josh, it's fucking Star Wars. <laughs> um, he's gonna he has forgotten more about Star Wars than I could ever hope to even remember ever in my life. Um, so, so there's there's those things, but like let's let's apply that all the way around. Mm-hmm. Let's make that a thing. Yeah, let's have that open mindedness about everything. And not just about our own belief, which actually, by being open-minded about their belief, but only our belief, makes us closed-minded. Yeah. That's it's, philosophical. It, right? it forces us to live out a paradox. We, we are instructed to be all accepting and open and... Um, to live a, a life of of service, um, essentially in how you are to others. Hmm. But I've met all kinds of people where they claim to be one thing and definitely don't follow all of that. And it's like, okay, so how can you how can you hang on to this? this ideal so full heartedly you are 100 what fuck a duck you are 100% into this ideal that says you are to be more you are to be the 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 spiritual presence that can't physically be there at least in human form. Right. But then more times than not, when something bad happens, it's somehow tied to something religious. And it's like, okay, clearly something was lost in translation. <laughs> and and again, yes. that goes back to how the Bible was written by people. And... It was translated and translated again, translated again. Even even with just the the basic, more recent translations, you have one translation that reads very, in a sense, modern, and then you have one that reads uh, slightly more uh, nicer and definitely uh, feels a little more dated. Hmm. Even between those, there are things that are missing. Not necessarily excluded, but definitely not included. With the language that was cho- that was cho- Fuck. Hell. Come on. You I got, got it, little buddy. You can do it. With the language <laughs> that they choose, chose. Fuck. The language they used. Fuck off. <laughs> they. You lose something. You, you yeah. lost a bit of. A bit of information that should have been there that now isn't. It's almost like a, a simplified version. Like, um, what's the what's the uh, 
the thing in in the front of the book where like you read a little summary of the book. If that's all you're going to read, how much of the book do you actually miss? All of it. So what if some of these newer translations are like the summary of the book? How much of the important stuff did we miss? You're absolutely right. Um, Also, let's think about language change. Right. So think about our lives. Think about how we talked as kids. Mm -hmm. The language that we used, right? Gnarly, radical, totally tubular, dude. Right? I still still talk like that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shit. Um, Think about language today. Mm -hmm. Think about how your kids talk. Right. And your kids are still kind of young. Um, but like there are words that my daughter is using that I don't know what they mean. That's you know? Fair. Uh what and, and I'll ask them, like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, uh, well, it means it's like really cool and good and da da. Oh, well, just say it's fucking cool and good. Why are you creating words? Yeah. Right? That word does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> right? It's some Princess Bride shit, right? I don't yeah. think it means what you think it means. Right? Um, so, so, but to think that that is unique to humans, like right now, like, right, like our kids are like developing this new English version of language or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, there's no reason to think that that didn't happen back then, you know? So the word cool means this today. Mm-hmm. What did that mean 500 years ago? Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the, the reality of that situation. Not a goddamn soul exists on this planet that was alive 500 years ago. Who was alive during the time of Jesus to say, like, this is what these words meant? Right. And again, it's it's the game of telephone. Now, there are some great fucking principles to live your life by. And, and there are some great ideologies to live a good life as a good person. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hell yeah. You don't have to be religious to get behind that principle. And I think we kind of we got a sneak peek of that during COVID for a little bit until we all just got super bored. Right. And started making TikToks that were dumb. But like, you know, uh, that became a thing. You know, there's great there's great principles that are there. Mm-hmm. Just good human shit. So that part's cool. But how do we know? Mm-hmm. You know, and then here's the like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Again, like there's you know, the oldest written, you know, version of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Cool. Who the fuck was around to know that language when they wrote it? Right. You're talking thousands upon thousands of years ago. One of the first written languages. There ain't a goddamn soul alive. So how do we know that we're interpreting that correctly? How do we know that the little freaking line above the line with the squiggly and then the freaking the thing meant J? <laughs> like we, we don't right we're making educated guesses mm-hmm. and that's cool right and i, I don't want to knock like uh academics who have spent their lives studying this stuff right mm-hmm. um and, and i think that they can get close i think that they have the ability to get close but to know exactly what that author meant by that word look at my journal if you read, don't look at my journal. Do not read my journal. But if you were to read my journal, right, I use words how they mean something to me. Mm-hmm. 
your journal is not going to read the same. So, you know, again, these are accounts written by different people, but they're interpreted by other people and then interpreted again by other people who interpreted those people from seven people ago. Like, Jesus. Wow. Well, to put it in simpler terms, uh, my wife and I, we choose to talk very little by text because text does not convey tone. You can very easily misread a text. Like if somebody's, you know, if you ask a question and their response to something is, I'm okay. In your head, you're think, especially if you know that person, you're like, okay, when they say I'm okay, they usually say like, um, okay. So are they annoyed? Are they pissed? You know, oh shit, what did I say? You know, so, so when you have something, you know, uh, an ancient language that was written, who knows how long ago, we have no idea the tone that it was written in. We can all we can assume are the words strung together, and that's it. Mm-hmm. What there's, if there's no, there's zero infliction? Yeah, there's no infliction in our voice. When there's no infliction in our voice, we don't know what they were saying. Well, and that's and that's something that that's always. Um, bewildered me like especially when i've heard people read the bible they read it a certain way they they have their own inflection on it and it's like okay how do you know that was intended to be read like that you know and it's just this whole section of this of this book that was written forever ago could have been completely intended to be read differently. And we have just made the educated guess of how to read it, and we assume we're reading it correctly. And we have based an entire religious faith, um, movement, whatever you want to call it, around it, and, uh, and around how we have assumed this is how it should be read. Um, a, a, a book that totally changed my my view of the Bible um, was a book written by a, uh, a guy named uh, Rob Bell, who originally was a pastor in Grand Rapids um, for a long time and then had a falling out and moved to California and has completely... I don't want to say changed his life, but definitely is not the pastor from down the street. Um, he wrote a book. Um, and the title is ridiculous. It's like, uh, what what is the Bible? And like the the title is like a sentence long. It's hilarious, but essentially he picks certain aspects of the Bible and he. And he explains them in ways that, especially as of somebody like me who grew up in the church, I have read these things. The stuff that he talks about, I've read about them before. He completely alters that original concept. And it's like, holy shit. Why weren't we talking about this when we were talking about this in church? Because you don't talk about that stuff in church and it's just 
It's it's a fascinating book. Um, I'll find the name and we'll have the 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 name in the show notes. So, yeah, or, and that's uh, poking holes in like uh, we should. Mm-hmm. We should always poke holes, right? Um, stay curious, and and that's that's one of those key things where like get in there and and challenge yourself, right? Be open enough to challenge your own beliefs. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe right now, right? Um, and and have the openness to say it could be wrong, mm-hmm. right? What if it's wrong? And and I've had a, extensive conversations with a, a specific individual uh, in, in the realms of faith. And that's one of the, the things I always ask her is, what if you're wrong? Well, I'm not wrong. Okay, that's very definitive. <laughs> how, how do you, what makes you believe that you're not wrong? Mm-hmm. I have faith. What does that mean? Well, you're just trying to, t- no, I, what does that mean? Like, you know, um, and if we if we don't have if we are so closed off to the possibility of us being wrong like we suck mm-hmm. we do we we need to we need to be open to that what i believe could be wrong i don't think it's what a- if the, what if the hindus have it right what if we're fucked up as Christians, but the the hindus got it right like they, they've they well, <laughs> they're the right way you know and and how's egotistical is it of us you know as as christian people whatever um to believe like we're it we got it right everybody else is wrong we're right well even uh let's let's make it simpler even just visuals of faith i you know people have um like uh indian based religions that have very visual representation of their their gods and they're very um, lack of a better terms, they're very dramatic and very obvious. Okay, that's that's great. <laughs> we have a crucifix. <laughs> How fucked up is that? Like, there's a there was a show on Amazon a while back. Um, and they were they had a big, uh, regular faith, and uh, like the crucifix, they had uh somebody being martyred as their their image of this faith, but they were it was like. That they were being hanged, it, it was really bizarre, and like, but that was their visual representation. And I remember watching this show, going, "Man, I'm like, that's a very graphic, religious, uh, uh, visual aid." But then I'm like, "But Christians use the crucifix, usually with Jesus on it. <laughs> that's that's pretty, you know, uh, graphic as well." And it's like. Again, you, you said it perfectly. Why do we think we got it right? You're absolutely right. And why can we be like, um, this is what I believe, right? We say like, hey, okay, cool. This is my, this is my belief. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be wrong, but this is what I believe, mm-hmm. right? So we acknowledge the fact that we are, you know, um, that we have, uh, that we have the the ability to be wrong, right? We acknowledge the fact that we we are not all knowing, mm-hmm. and you can't be all knowing. No one is, right? This is what I believe. I have I have strength in what I believe, um, but 
it might not be the right thing. Mm-hmm. And and if we go through life with that way, like you know, I think we're going to be better off. Mm-hmm. One of the the professors I had during the this uh, I, I did a leadership development course, um, and, and he was talking about being dualistic and relative, and um, we we want to be we want to be relative, right? Um, because it, it might be it. The answer is not ever black and white, mm-hmm. right? It today the answer is yes. Tomorrow the answer could be no. And we need to be okay with the fact that when we wake up tomorrow, the answer could be no. Mm-hmm. But we so get in that, that mindset and that freaking, we get locked in. Well, the answer is yes, the answer is yes, the answer is yes. Well, shit, the answer is yes today. It's right today. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow might not be. And if we we structure our lives in that way, like I, I don't think we can be wrong. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody in the, the Islamic faith i'm not going to tell anybody in the hindu like whatever that they're wrong because i don't know right that's a totally subjective thing here's what i believe this is right to me mm-hmm. um i respect what you say and how you feel please return the respect and and do the same mm-hmm. right i'm not trying to convert you all right right i'm not you Come to the Church of Ian and freaking, ah, we have snacks. Like, you know, like, no. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and and super good snuggles. Yeah, that, that would be my church. Nice. I would sell my church on snacks and snuggles. Let's do this. Because that's what the world needs right now. The world needs more fucking snuggles. And snacks. And snacks. Snacks are the best. Fucking for real. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's... Be okay with being wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that. Be okay with being wrong. So, all right, but we are almost at two hours. Oh fuck! We should probably uh, wrap it up then. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, let's go to last call for a little bit. Last call. <laughs> <laughs> 